Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim, according to the Chinuch, contains no less than 53 mitzvos. Before we get to Mishpatim, let me remind everybody that this Shabbos is the first of the four special Shabbatot that we have annually. This Shabbos is Parshas Shkolim. That means this Shabbos we take out two Sifrei Torah. From the first we read seven Aliyos in Mishpatim and from the second we read the first six Psukim of Parshas Kisisa. Very quickly, what's that all about? I'm going to tell you that the second Sefer Torah bespeaks an incredible sense of optimism. When we had a Beit Mikdash, there are two kinds of offerings. There are Karbanos offerings that an individual brings, and then there are offerings that are Karbanos Tzibur, that are communal offerings, meaning one offering is brought on behalf of the entire nation. Regarding these offerings, communal offerings, no individual could donate and give the money for that offering. Rather, the monies came from the entire nation. Each Jew was commanded to give a half a shekel. And these monies were used to purchase the communal offerings. Every morning, a korban tamid. Every afternoon, a korban tamid. Every Shabbos, two additional offerings, the korban musaf. Every Rosh Chodesh, a korban musaf. And Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, all the korbanos musaf came from these monies. These monies had to be in by Chodesh Nisan, on the first of Adar, they would announce, get your shkolim ready, because they have to be brought to the base Hamigdash. Now, we don't yet have the third base Hamigdash, but this coming Sunday is Rosh Chodesh Adar. So what do we do? On the Shabbos before Adar, we read the Torah portion regarding the mitzvah of bringing and giving the half shekel so that we are not simply reminded as to that which happened in the past, but Amir Tzashem, you see the second Sefer Torah, you look at the call of optimism that please God, there's going to be that third base Amigdosh. We will all at that time donate a Marxist HaShekel to the Beis HaMikdosh and therefore it's not only Unishama Purim Svasenu that which we can't do yet our reading about it should be like we did but it literally reminds us and tells us that there will be that third Beis HaMikdosh and we all will be purchasing the communal offerings. Let's talk about the 53 mitzvos in Pashas Mishpatim. I have to tell you, I am very excited about this idea 
because every single morning, as part of our Psuke de Zimra, as part of our literally section of praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the end of chapter 147, we say, Magid Varav Liyakov, God literally relates his word to Yaakov, Chukav mishpatov li Yisrael, his statutes and judgments to Israel, loa sachin lochol goy, he did not do so for any other nation, umishpatim ba yidoum, such judgments they know not, hallelujah. What's going on here? They have mishpatim, right? If you don't stop at red lights, besides, God forbid, getting hurt, you're going to get a ticket. They have laws. You have to shovel the snow. You have to pay your taxes. What does it mean that mishpatim bal yidoum? I'd like to suggest a very exciting idea. Of course, society has laws. And we are very grateful for the society in which we live. The late Rav Moshe Feinstein, Sechetzadik Levracha, called America the Medina of Chesed, the kind uh, kingdom, uh, government. But listen carefully. In the third chapter of Avos, what are we told? Second Mishnah. Pray for the welfare of the government. Why? Because if people did not fear the government, each person would swallow his fellow alive, meaning we would each take advantage of the next one. And therefore, the laws of society prevent one person from harming the next one. Live and let live and not at the expense of the next individual. Or, to say it differently, our society, the laws are sur meira. It keeps people from doing bad. In the realm of Torah, our laws bring us to a higher level called asetov, namely that the laws, the very mishpatim, transform our personality. I'll give you several exciting examples. Let's begin with the Gemara above Metziah, Lamed Beis, Amid Beis. And the Gemara is talking about two different mitzvos. There's a mitzvah of Prika and a mitzvah of Te'ina. An animal is overloaded and the lotus has shifted. The animal has fallen down and you have to help the owner pick up the load, pick up the animal. That's called prika. And then there's a second situation whereby the owner is trying to pick up the load in order to load the animal. Needless to say, the Talmud tells us that the mitzvah of prika of Unloading comes before the mitzvah of te'ina. If I have a choice to do one of these two, one of them includes tsar balechayim, which is, if I don't unload the load off the animal, there's pain to the animal. And the other one, we have not yet loaded, there's no pain to the animal. However, the Talmud says the following, the bottom of 32b. Ohev lifrok. It just so happens that 
the situation I have, I can help one of two people, and on oh my goodness, who is the one that needs the load unloaded, removed from the animal? My best friend. However, my sone, the one that I don't say good job is to, the per- I can't use the H word of H-A-T-E, but the person that I don't like, he needs his animal loaded. So which one should come first? You know the answer. No, you don't. The Talmud says that you go to the sone. You go to the one that you don't yet like. Why? Because the Talmud says, Lakuf es Yitzro, in order that by going to your enemy, the one you don't like, this is going to subdue, it's going to help your evil inclination. By doing something good for someone you don't like, you get to like him. And it's going to bring about a closeness. He'll say thank you, you'll start talking to each other. Amazing. This is Jewish law, because Jewish law aims at perfecting the character. Now watch. Let's move on. In this week's parsha, the Torah says that if a Jew comes to you and asks for a loan, you are to lend him money. Wonderful. Second of all, you're not to charge him interest. You're not to take advantage of his serious situation. And now, you're not to be to him like an oppressor. What does that mean? If we did not decide how long the term of this loan is, the Talmud says, thirty days. So you have thirty days to pay, and during these thirty days, the lender is not permitted to call him every night. Don't forget, you owe me a thousand dollars. Don't forget, you owe me a thousand dollars. But listen to this: not only can't he call and say, don't forget, but let's say it's a nice day, Shabbos afternoon, after your chant, you want to take a walk. You can walk on any street in town, but you can't walk on the street where the borrower lives. You want to know why? He's sitting outside on his porch. He's going to see you walking by on Shabbos, and he's going to say, Aha, the reason why he's walking by my house on Shabbos is to remind me that I owe him the money. Amazing. You have to have such sensitivity for the one that you did the favor for. This is our Torah. Welcome to Judaism. You should be so proud thereof. The whole concept of Ashavas Aveda, that you find the lost object. So we don't say finders, keepers, and what? Losers, weepers. But we say you've got to take the time and the effort and return it to your brother. My who? My what? Yes, the Torah creates through these laws a sense of true brotherhood one to the next. This week's parsha it begins with the Ebed Ivri. Now listen carefully. What have we got? I have to tell you this is such a powerful law, so misunderstood. People say, why does the Torah begin with slavery? It does not. Listen carefully. We have unfortunately one Jew who stole from another. 
Okay, let's even say he stole $50,000. And he runs to Atlantic City and he says, I'm going to win in the slot machines and the first $50,000 is going to go to the person whom I stole and the rest I'll be able to pay my bills. Unfortunately, his luck doesn't go that way. He loses all the $50,000. Now, in this country, the police come, they arrest him, they put him in jail. Now what? I can tell you, unfortunately, I have visited Jews in jail and I can tell you that there's almost none uh, rehabilitation in jail. And so the person from whom you stole the money, he doesn't get his money. And you enter jail, an amateur thief. Who are you with in jail? You're only with professionals. They'll say to you, fool, why'd you do it this way? You should have done it differently and better. What does the Torah law say? Torah law says, listen carefully, that a Jew buys you. What does that mean he buys you? In quotation marks. No, he owns the right to your services. You don't do floors, you don't do windows. What do you do? Whatever you can do. You have a driver's license, you can drive a taxi. The fares and tips that you would get as a taxi driver go to the person who, quote, purchased you, your master with a small m. Now listen carefully now. And you live in his home. By living in his home, listen carefully, you're going to see how nicely he speaks to his wife, how nicely he speaks to his children. You will become rehabilitated through and by living in his home. And finally, you got to hear this. The Talmud says that if there's unexpected company and there's steak and hamburger for supper, so you would imagine that the master gets the steak and the evidivri this Hebrew servant, the one who's the thief, would get the hamburger? No. He gets the steak because we're out to maintain his dignity and to teach him he's important. We rehabilitate. And Rav Hirsch said so powerfully, why don't we have Evidivri today? Because Not because we don't have Ganavim. We don't have people willing to open their home. Last case, beginning of the sixth parak in Bavakama. If you cause damage to somebody, but it's indirect, listen carefully, you tell your neighbor, please, your dog is keeping me up at night. Dog keeps barking all night. One night, two nights, three nights, four nights, after a while you lose it. You take a bone, you lace it with poison, you throw it over the fence at six o'clock at night. There are witnesses, six o'clock at night. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, the dog is still barking. After midnight, shah, quiet. In the morning, the owner finds his dog, brings it to the vet, finds out the dog has been poisoned, brings you to Besden. Listen carefully. Because you did not shoot the dog and kill it directly, Besden will say that because it could have rained and very simply could have washed away the poison. The dog didn't have to eat. Bide Adam, man to man, you're not guilty. However, listen carefully, because secular law does not have this. We have it. They look at the person who threw the bone over the fence and they say, man to man, you don't have to pay. We can't force you to pay. But, to satisfy your obligation to heaven, that you have to pay. Wow, how proud I am. How proud we should all be to be a Jew. Because mishpatim ba'yidu'um. Shabbat Shalom to all.